Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. At SheFit, we know the fitness industry makes a lot of empty promises. We're done with shortcuts and quick fixes. No woman should be let down or held back, especially by her clothing. It's time to experience the only sports bra that's as strong as you are. Available in the widest range of sizes. Easy on and off with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Today on the ZabeCast, what's the win look like for Goody's Gamble on Aaron Rodgers? I'll spell it out for you, and it's pretty far-fetched. The worst case scenario, oh boy, it's bad. Feedback to the feedback and some pretty funny lines. A big old Rona roundup to quench your thirst for hashtag Team Reality. And maybe Melinda Gates didn't like that idea from Bill to block out the sun after all. Your bonus, uncensored 45 minutes of pure me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Wednesday, May 5, 2021. Thank you for downloading. It's just me today. I got a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead, get right to it. It's obvious at this point that Rodgers is indeed really pissed. He could have by now diffused it by saying, whoa, 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 I'm not that bad. I'm just saying I wish I had more input. No, he's clearly pissed. He clearly wants out. The only question now is what's going to happen next? If you're the Packers, Well, the chance to get the most for him if you did decide to trade him has come and gone. If that Niners offer that was reported, third overall pick, extra number one at least in 2022 with Jimmy Garoppolo to tide you over to get you to Jordan Love and probably some other assets. If that deal was real, 
It's going to be hard to get something that good again, but it's possible. We'll see. But for Rodgers, the chance to get out and the chance to go to a place he really wanted, San Francisco, that ship has sailed. They're in the Trey Lance business, and they'll be in that business for at least three or four years. And Rodgers, of course, doesn't have time to wait to see if that opens up. So it's clear they don't want to trade him now. They don't plan to trade him now. And the value they'd get back is not very good right now. So when would they want to trade Aaron Rodgers? Next year? After he has another great season? Maybe wins the Super Bowl? Can you imagine, by the way? So it seems like the Packers' plan is one more year, then we're getting in the love business, and it's that simple. Unless Rodgers, he could win this MVP this year and the Super Bowl the following year, then what are you going to do? I mean, no team would have the balls to do that or be that stupid to do that. But maybe they are. I don't know. So let's war game this, what could happen, what might happen going forward. Unless Rodgers is somehow placated with concessions, some salary guarantees, something to save face, more personnel control, then maybe you can manage him softly and gently back into shape for this coming season. All right. He's good for 2021. Let's go have ourselves. Let's go have ourselves a season, as I like to say in the NFL. But then guess what? You're right back on this square in a year. And these years go by like that. It'll be here quick. And then it's going to be the same dynamic all over again. Rodgers does not want to, a year from now, be going through this again if he doesn't get anything significant from the Packers. So you can work hard. Goody and company can pedal and pedal and pedal and manage and manage and manage. And all, all it's going to do is buy them one year. And that's going to be on quickly. So this is not a problem that can be solved for years to come right now. If Rodgers is really unhappy, he can let that fester all spring. Uh, as I talked to Eric Stokes, not the Eric Stokes who the Packers drafted, out of Georgia, but I'm talking about Eric Stokes, the t- director of player personnel for the Woofskins, excuse me, the Woofskins, played golf with him on Sunday, just happened to get paired up with him at Lansdowne Resort in Northern Virginia, not far from Woofskin Park. And I asked him, I said, so do you think the union's going to agree to have the players come back into facilities to do all these sort of OTAs and non-mandatory this, that, and the others? And he said, nah. Not happening. I said, all right. I said, do you, how do you guys feel about that? He goes, yeah, you know what? We're not so hung up on it. He says that Rivera, as a former player, respects it more. I said, well, what's the only thing mandated? He said, the only thing mandated in the CBA for players is that one mini camp in June. That's when Rogers, that's the next inflection point where Rogers has to say anything. Now, that's going to come up pretty quick here. We are already almost a week into May, but guess what? It's going to feel like a long time because the news cycle is spinning fast right now. We're hungry for anything. We're like, who's going to break? Who's going to talk? Who's going to back down first? So he can make them squirm until June, and then maybe he doesn't show up for that minicamp. Okay. Not the worst thing in the world. I think he still knows how to play quarterback. I think he still knows how to throw it to the guys on his team. The only guy he wouldn't have any experience with is uh, the other A. Rodgers, Amari Rodgers, their draft pick out of Clemson, but... Eh, you know what, if he comes to his senses by late July in training camp, then he can do it at that time. But it would fester. It would be uncomfortable. It would not be pleasant. 
He could then hold out once training camp began. And yes, he would forfeit a lot of money. And yes, he would have to possibly give back money. He could pull a Carson Palmer and retire, quote, retire, and then demand a trade and then unretire, sort of pull a Favre in essence, or a Carson Palmer. Palmer did this with the Bengals. But before you start saying, well, the Bengals made out, they got a couple number ones and the Raiders got fleeced, put out your two hands like this. I'm going to put in your two hands two things. Carson Palmer, Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, ooh, which one's heavier? Wait, wait, oh, oh, you're saying that the Carson Palmer accomplishments feels light as a hollowed out Easter egg bunny and uh, the weight of Aaron Rodgers as a player, as a superstar in this league. Oh, it's like a cannonball. Total difference there. Also, the Bengals, no offense, Andy and Indy, my number one Bengal fan. <laughs> they really are the NFL's mom and pop shop. They may not be technically the smallest market Green Bay is, but they are run like the most mommiest and poppiest of shops around. It's it's almost like a hobby for the Brown family, and it's sad for those who are Bengal fans. So a lot of differences there. I wouldn't use that as any sort of reference point. So if Rodgers is going to go full ham here, hold out, basically threaten to retire, make the Packers push off from shore next September, minus him, and start Jordan Love, oh my. At that point, the Packers have a real tough situation on their hands because it means Rodgers would have activated the nuclear option. So then the Packers have to ask, all right, how far are we going to go? And what does a win look like for us at that point? How do we win this thing? First of all, you can't just let them rot as some people idiots Emailers, callers to my shows say, let him rot. He's under contract. He'll play for us or he'll play for nobody. As soon as you push away from shore and Rodgers is either holding out or quote unquote retired, phones will ring off the hook. Now teams are like, okay, this is real. We're ready with our best offer. Let's go. The league won't let the Packers do this for too long anyway. Remember, this is a TV show about quarterbacks. Breeze just retired. Big Ben and Brady are next. So at that point, if Rodgers holds out and demands a trade, the Packers, in essence, have already lost. They've already lost. The only way to win, if it gets to that, is if if they trade Rodgers before the season for as much as the Niners offered, unlikely, and Jordan Love jumps right in with zero live bullet snaps last year, and takes this team to at least as far as Rodgers did, the NFC title game, also extremely unlikely. And then whatever team Rodgers ends up going to via trade has to be largely unsuccessful with him as quarterback, and Rodgers has to end up flaming out by the time he's about 41 or 42. That's it. That's your winning scenario. Does it sound likely to you? It doesn't to me. The downside is essentially the uh, moon door in Game of Thrones. Nerd! It's a thousand foot cliff. It's a 10,000 foot cliff. The downside of this will be known forever as Goody's folly if it comes to pass. The downside looks like this. And remember, I just painted you what a win looks like and how unrealistic that is on multiple levels. Here's the downside. 
it'd have to be it'd be a case in which let's say they underestimate why Rodgers is pissed. Check, they've done that already. They overestimate their ability to make another one, which I I'm already going to put a check next to because I think they clearly don't appreciate what they've got in Rodgers, and they're just delusional thinking, we are scouting department like Jordan Love. He's going to be really good. Really? Oh, really? The team would miss the playoffs with Love for three straight years in the worst-case scenario, and then they flush him because they'd have to pay him that fifth-year option, and then they would be like, ah, we can't do it. And trust me, that is now becoming more and more of a trend. Whether it's Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Carson Wentz, a lot of these fifth-year options not being picked up by teams, even at quarterback. So they missed the playoffs, bing, 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 three years in a row. Jordan Love starts and fits, not very good. Good at times, kind of see promise. They have to flush him after three years. Meanwhile, Rodgers is somewhere else, and he's doing Rogerian things. And he goes to, <clears throat> he goes to, and he plays in, maybe not wins, but at least plays in another Super Bowl with another team's jersey on his back. And Rodgers plays very well, well into his 40s, 41, 42, maybe 43. At that point, whatever draft picks or compensation that Goody will have scraped back in that trade will almost certainly be, for, be forgotten and unlikely to have made a significant difference. That's the downside. Does that not terrify you? Shouldn't that terrify you? As a Packer fan, if you're Gouda Kunst, it's the moon door. The upside is so unrealistic. A win in this situation is so dicey to come by. I think it's crazy. Now, this all hinges on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is really ready to, as Costanza said, let's get nuts. Will Rodgers drive to the tip of Long Island just to go see two horses he supposedly owns that he doesn't, Prickly Pete and Snoopy, to impress his soon-to-be in-laws? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Is Rodgers ready to do that? I know some people swear he is not. Uh, Steve Homer True in Milwaukee, longtime radio voice, says 98% chance not happening meaning 98% chance that Rodgers does not have that in him to go nuclear and that he will be the quarterback this fall for the Packers. If that's the case, I'll be happy-ish. But like I said, we're doing laps around this calendar quickly these days. As you get older, as I get older, I feel like every year comes by quicker and quicker. We'll be right back on the square next year. So it only buys you one year. And if they don't make the NFC Championship game, highly possible – it's a hard thing to do. And Rodgers still plays well, but not as well as MVP, Still, which is extremely likely he won't win MVP. There will be some people going, well, that's, look, we can't break through with him. Uh, you know, I got this kid waiting. Let's, let's go ahead and swap him out. And it'd be the dumbest, most disastrous thing to do, in my opinion. Then there's this attitude from Rob D. in Appleton, Wisconsin. Hello, Steed. Heard you discussing with Andy and Sally today the fact that some of us Packer fans have a dislike for Mr. Ego and how would we and how would we be willing to move on to the QB death spiral that most teams endure? Well, I guess I can sum it up this way. We work hard and we play hard and we view the Packers as ours. Oh, isn't that a quaint way to look? at a professional football team. 
Protect the shield, you say? We protect the Packers. And no one is above the Packers. Oh, my God. Bitch about work on your own time, Aaron, if you don't like your freaking contract. And if you don't like your boss, maybe you shouldn't have signed the deal and wrote it out to free agency. I survived Lynn Dickey and David Whitehurst. I survived Randy Wrong. Real name, Randy, right? Joking name, Randy Wrong, because he was not good. I survived the fun but equally frustrating magic man, Don Mikowski. And I'm willing to do it all over again to protect the Packers from an egomaniac. I say frack you, Aaron, and hope your sorry ass retires and you don't get the chance to ruin Jeopardy for me. This is no different than watching Favre throw interception after interception in big games. Now we've watched Mr. Perfect wilt in the bright lights of the big game after big game, blame the coaches, blame the depth, blame the play calling, excuse after excuse, but there's only one common denominator in it all, Aaron And you will only find that answer in a mirror. Anyway, keep up the good work, Mr. Zabin. And for the record, I cannot, for the life of me, understand how anyone doesn't want to hear your banter with the notorious J-A-Y. Sincerely, Rob and Appleton. Oh, Rob. You write saying you remember the days of Dickey and Whitehurst and wrong, Randy wrong. And you say you're willing to do it all over again. Let me tell you, my friend. Suffering is not a virtue in the NFL. It is not. Just like going against your best option, perhaps, at the voting booth to keep society running in a way that you think is sane, moral, and sustainable, it's an idiotic thing to do. You, you, your goal on earth is to not suck at football. That's your prime directive as an NFL fan. Do not suck. And you want to do not suck for as many years on this earth as you possibly can. So if you have a chance to not suck for three or four more years with Rodgers, I would go with that. Because who knows when the sucking comes and the sucking sets in, as you say you claim to know with those quarterbacks, it can persist for seemingly ever. I'll I'll do it again, he says. Suffering, saying, I remember Lynn Dickey. I remember David Whitehurst. I remember Randy Wright. I'll do it again to protect. You're not protecting shit. This is a professional football league. Rodgers is a dragon. You are one of five or six teams that have a dragon. Don't give up. Boy, you're really nerding it up today. I am nerding it up today. I'll grant you that. This attitude is like the three or four Republicans, quote, Republicans who emailed me after the election to say they proudly voted for Biden. He said, I'll take my chances with a 51-49 Senate and the Republicans able to block some of the more egregious things Biden might want to do. And then I can't wait, he said, to vote for the next generation of Republicans who I respect and like, like Tim Scott. (laughs) Well, are you... Paying attention to what's being done. By the way, that email came into me prior to the Georgia Senate runoffs that went, whoops, 0 for 2. Well, there goes your firewall against governance that you, as a, quote, Republican, claim to not want. So it has taken me everything, by the way, in my in my soul and my fiber not to dig up that email and respond to that person going, well, how's it going now? <laughs> 
You happy, Pappy? Is this good? I mean, if you're paying attention, if you're a conservative, this is a disaster right now. Biden and the lapdog media, who, by the way, are literally eating out of the hand of Jen Psaki, the spokesman, spokeswoman for the White House. She brought cookies and they said, oh, cookies. And they're like, oh, my mother-in-law brought cookies for everybody. And they're like, yeah, let's eat them. Embarrassing. Biden is rolling like the Germans through Bordeaux right now. Trillions in spending, borders hemorrhaging, tumors of wokeness and critical race theory metastasizing everywhere. And then there's chilling things like this proposal to pay private firms to help spy on Americans that they say are insurrectionists. Oh, they're coming for guns. Tax hikes are going to be massive. I mean, w- wake up. Suffering is not a virtue. Just like going against your best option at the ballot. I mean, just because you think the guy that's holding the dam from bursting is a meanie who says dumb shit and embarrasses you, you vote for whoever can hold the line. You vote against things. You you say, look, this guy ain't perfect. I don't really like him. But holy shit, the other person? I can't have him in there. It's amazing how some people think that you hold on to guys like Rogers and all of his faults and Mr. Ego and Mr. Hollywood and the fact that he has not played his best necessarily in the championship games. Perfect is the enemy of good. In a perfect world, Rogers would go along with the Packers plan, play out his contract, suck it up, teach young Jordan Love just how to do it like he did, and then gracefully and gently after 2021 is over, if that's the timeline, say, so long, Wisconsin, I loved ye, I'm going off to another team to see what's left of my career. Good luck. Yeah, that'd be perfect, I guess. But it's the enemy of good. And perfect's going to murder good, and you're not going to have anything. Let's move on. As Bernie Goldberg would say, or as uh, Bryant Gummel would say in Real Sports, Let's move on. Feedback on guests. My goodness. Thank you, everybody, for responding to Jason's email from last week in which he talked about, I want more professional guests. I don't like your friends. Okay. I mean a bucket full of FTGs for Jason. And I want to reiterate, I am not at all mad at Jason. I won't even FTG Jason. I appreciated the feedback. I was curious to hear where he was, where he was coming from because I, I enjoy the feedback. I, I actually really enjoyed all the emails I got, and I didn't really respond to everybody because even just a quick, hey, thanks for that. I appreciate it. It was going to take too long. I got so much email. And I, I tried to read them all as diligently as I could. But you guys sent me some very thoughtful, very well-written, and very detailed breakdowns of why you listen, how you listen, and everything else. Here's a couple just as a sampler. RJ emailed me to say, Zabe, remember the time I met you in a bar in Adams Morgan? A friend and I showed up. We were the only people there. Yeah, sidebar on that. This was one. This was the depressing end days of my stint at Team 980. And I want to say the bar we were in, it was just Scott and I, and we were doing the show live from Adams Morgan in a part of D.C. where none of our listeners are. 
You couldn't get to it. It was this shitty little hole in the wall bar. And the only reason we were there was because the sales rep for the station sold a package of live remotes to a beer company that was the title sponsor. And the beer company then said, well, you know, here are the bars we service. And they sent, you know, the beer company said to the bars they service, they're like, would you like to have a live radio show? It didn't cost the bar anything. So they said, sure, send them down. And the station didn't care that I had to go, Scott had to go, an engineer had to go, didn't care that it, it was stupid for us to be out there. The show wasn't nearly as good. They were just like, we'll just take the money. We'll take whatever you got. And getting there was hell on wheels, man. I remember one one day going to this bar, couldn't find it, took a wrong turn, GPS rerouting me. It's pouring rain. I'm panicking now. I'm an hour and 45 minutes into trying to get there. And then we get there and nobody's there. It's so fucking depressing. But that show, I want to say, and it was, I think literally the day after the Nationals won the World Series. And I'm sitting at that bar going, this is fucking miserable. Our... Other station in town, which has now purchased 980, WJFK, flagship station of the Nats. Their hosts were all, you know, in the studios just outside the left field wall celebrating, oh my God, national, you know, World Series champions. It was great. Tons of callers. We're at a shitty bar in the rain. Only two people showed up. One of them was RJ. Anyway, I met RJ. He's 28 years old. He's at the bar and he says, uh, I really appreciate you sitting to talk to us and eating one of our wings, which I put in my pocket and still have the bone framed. Just kidding, that was a joke. <laughs> he said, I had some terribly fucking stupid ideas I was just throwing out there about college football, and you just sat there and nodded, casually discussed it. And then as soon as you went back on the radio, you start off with a booming, well, we got RJ at the bar here, and he thinks he's fixed college football. <laughs> I, was, I was being my gregarious sort of prick self, but I, I was just busting his balls. Afterwards, RJ says, I told all my friends to listen so that to that episode for my shout-out. Anyway, I'll cut it short. It was a great experience. Bottom line is this, he said. Something bothered me about Jason and how he's saying how anything but you and your, quote, professional radio colleagues is unlistenable. What bothered me was not his first email, but how much he persisted through each response, criticizing Jay, Mr. X, and all these great people. I kept listening to Jason going on and on about how bothered he was. I had to write and say, well, this guy is, is nuts. If you're an amazing supplement of guests like Jay, Brother Jason, that, that much for him to... If, if you're supplement of guests like Jay, bother Jason... That much for him to continually respond detailing to you, how they detract from the show's value, means this guy has some serious OCD or some other weird issues. Here's a guy telling you, a fucking veteran of the game, on how to run a radio gig or a podcast or anything. This guy is fucking nuts. He must think the smell of his own farts smell like fucking lobster mixed with whatever Kate Beckinsale probably smells like. Good, RJ. That's good. I don't know if that's a good boutique, a good bouquet, though. <laughs> I bet Kate Beckinsale smell smells like a hint of lavender, a fresh country breeze, and sunshine, and maybe something else. Lobster? Well, that's a whole different story. Anyway. It's a long email. I apologize for that. On, on behalf of what I believe are 99% of your listeners, 
Jay, Mr. X, The Golf Gang, Power Dinner Wednesdays, you fucking name it. They're all amazing on your show. Sincerely, a kid you made fun of on live radio, RJ. Thank you, RJ. That was uh, very funny of you. Uh, This one from uh, Crawford. He writes to say, yes, Jason, should, in the words of Daryl from The Office, access his less crazy side. At any rate, I love what you do and the positive mindset you help me maintain. The news that matters to you is all stars and stripes. Jay is still my favorite. Everybody everybody podcast worthy has been listen worthy. I do enjoy Carol and look forward to hearing you on Solly's show. Thanks for not insisting on yourself, Crawford. This is just an example, and I got a couple others here. I don't know if I'm going to plow through them all here. I cut and paste, cut and paste. You don't need me to read all these, do you? Anyway, I love hearing how you found me, where you listened to me prior to this. And I love to hear the why, why you keep coming back, how, where, why, the basics. It's when you point out something that represented quality to you, whether it was something funny I did or said or interesting or a point or an analogy or something that represents a uniqueness to my approach from the rest of the pack, that. That, my friends, is what sustains me because so much of the bigger, quote-unquote, successful commercial sports radio product is, for lack of a better word, uh, choke. As Stu's soon-to-be father-in-law once said in Hangover 2, a grossly maligned movie by the critics out there, Hangover 2 was step-for-step Every bit as good and funny as one, and that's a hill I will die on. But anyway, so much of the shit I hear, it's choke. It's just plain white rice. We feed it to babies and old people who can't comprehend more nuanced sports radio and life takes. I admit it. When I first met Stu, I was not quite sold. Stu. Stu. He seemed unattractive. He lacked intelligence and imagination. He was missing the spark you look for in a man. But then I look into Stu's eyes. He reminded me of my sweet brother, Chayo. For those who do not know, Chayo is learning disabled and lives in a group home. <laughs> but Chayo loves joke. And that's when I realized Stu Stu is Joe. Joe. Joe is soft white rice in lukewarm water. Lukewarm. It has no taste. We feed it to small baby and uh, very old people. (laughs) It is nourishment that everyone can digest. The world needs Joe, just as the world needs people like Stu. Yeah, so... There you go. Thank you very much for everybody who responded. And uh, I will read every one of your emails. I probably will not be able to type even a quick thank you reply. Please don't take it personally. Moving on. Question, what else has fallen from grace? I said how I had eaten my last meal at P.F. Chang's, which made me very sad sad because I once put P.F. Chang's at this pantheon, at this pinnacle of dining establishments. It was my go-to elite, hashtag elite Chinese food. So I asked the question, what else has fallen from grace? Stores, restaurants, experiences, etc. Here's a couple of responses. From Johnny Hep. I'll tell you what's fallen from grace. 
Major League Baseball. What do we got now? Four-hour games. No situational hitting. Fucking replay. Launch angles. Political statements. Seven-inning games. Extra innings starting with a runner on second. Strangely, he says, I like the shift. And I like the situational pitching changes. And they keep effing with those. Hell, why don't we just forego extra innings for ties if that's how it's going to be? Mike Hollenbach says, Zabe, I agree with you on P.F. Chang's. One from my list, though, is California Pizza Kitchen. I remember 20 to 25 years ago, it was a great place to eat. Pizza, other dishes were delicious. Went last year for my nephew's birthday. Pizza was bad, looked blah, tasted meh, toppings were skimpy, most of them missing. Oh yeah, and it's 17 bucks for what is basically a size small at any actual decent pizza joint. I'm done forever. CPK will not collect another dime from me in this lifetime. Thank you, Mike. Joseph Thomas says, listening to your P.F. Chang's comments, and I totally agree, by the way, overpriced Chinese food. My wife and I agree delivery pizza has gone downhill. This probably has to do more with local pizza joints and brick oven pizzerias that make a much better product than the chains. Another example is the local stores carrying stuff. Overpriced products because their inventory and options are all online. Shopping for a stove recently, we had to buy one without ever seeing it or touching it. Why? We couldn't find a place that actually had it locally. They all have thousands of options in online and only like 10 in the store. Give me a break. PSF that guy, Jason. Jay is awesome. Love your lineup, especially now with Solly and Scott back. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now and take the American Cancer Society's two-minute cancer screening quiz to find out what screening tests are right for you. Don't wait. Take the quiz. Get screened. Go to cancerscreenquiz.com now. Cancerscreenquiz. You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. 
That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Now on to the COVID. I have placed it in the back of the gift shop so you don't need to see the dirty magazines and the unpopular takes. If my worldview of what we've done during this pandemic doesn't jibe with yours, if you don't think I know what I'm talking about, if you disagree and can't stand to hear me offer this, you can just turn off the podcast. You're done. For those of you who have urged me, keep it up. Thank you, Zabe. You are captain of Team Reality. Well, we're back here. We've had a couple days off. Stuff has been piling up on this particular topic, and I've kept it out of the other run of content just because I figured, you know, if I'm going to go off on my stuff regarding COVID, I don't want to tag, I don't want to link that to another podcast where like we have a guest in, right? Uh, like say Marty Conway, you know, and uh, he's like all excited. Well, maybe he's not excited, but you know, the, the guest might be like, oh, I was on the podcast, went well, I want to listen to it. I want to send it to my aunt, grandma, uncle, and then it's got my lunatic COVID takes on it. That's what some people would call them. So I've decided to parcel them out. So they stand alone, my opinions and my opinions alone. If you don't like my opinions, turn off the podcast. Then go fuck yourself. Then drive into a truck. Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, here we go. So much eye-opening, teeth-gnashing bullshit. First of all, the pandemic is over. Period. It's all over. It's just now the wrangling over what shit the government can make permanent. You look at the numbers. You look at the charts. You look at the waves. You look at everything. It's over. Uh, we are rapidly hurtling towards well over 50% vaccinated, another 10 to 15 to 20% who have already been exposed. It's over. Uh, no, no, wait, wait. Where's my Simpsons bite? <laughs> Press conference. It's over. But it doesn't mean that the societal disruptions are over because the societal disruptions were brought on by politicians and epidemiologists who panicked and threw out, literally threw out, the pandemic playbook that they had worked on for decades so that if you go back and look at their pandemic guidance for airborne viruses like this, they said no quarantines, no lockdown of the healthy, none of that is advised under this type of scenario, even for a virus as deadly as the Spanish flu. That all went out the window. And nobody's talking about it. Nobody is saying, hey, why did we go away from this? I mean, some people aren't talking about it. I'm talking about it. Others are. But the mainstream media, no, they're not talking about it. So the coercive part of what your benevolent government is doing is going to continue for some time because they want to hold on to whatever they can. The government wants to make permanent whatever they can. They want to hold on to their powers. Uh, Some Governor Walls, I forget what state he's the governor of, some asshat blue state. And he's like, the headline was, Governor Walls will negotiate with lawmakers on a budget and on what emergency controls he plans to relinquish. Listen to that. What he planned, finally, to give up after a year or so. Some states are getting it. Oklahoma finally said, that's it. We're out. Mississippi, mostly the same. And, of course, the A student, Florida, and DeSantis, they're already on the move to say, that's it. We're done. We're out. And they're starting to lean on localities to go, you can't do this. You can't mandate that. No, you're done. 
We're done. You're done. Everything is done. But the the wrangling will continue because there's graft out there that people can secure. There's money, big money. Pfizer says they may need an annual booster dose of the vaccine. Oh, yeah, every year. Cha-ching, squink, cha-ching. What is squink? I don't have a sound effect for a jab. But cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Don't know about Moderna. Don't know about Johnson & Johnson. Oh, by the way, how's the restart of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine going? To quote a great line, I think it's from Mad Men. Not great, Bob. That's for sure. I saw a chart recently that showed, okay, uh, what, what different vaccines are being administered in the greatest numbers. And you see the Johnson & Johnson line before they shut it down going up in a diagonal because people are like, oh, one shot versus two? I'll take it. Johnson & Johnson, I know those people. They're the good folks that make aspirin and baby powder. I'm in. And then as soon as they pause it, just out of an abundance of caution, of course the line goes straight down. And you know where the line is now for Johnson & Johnson vaccines? Just down at the bottom. Doing nothing. So that pause has not been beneficial for uh, the uh, vaccine acceptance. So in other words, how's it going? I finally found it. How are you? Not great, Bob. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And here's the other bite I didn't have ready because I'm not prepared. And that is, it's over. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. This press conference is over. No, it's over, Phil. Is the pandemic over? Yeah, it's over. But the wrangling and the coercion... Oh, no, that's not over at all. That's going to continue. Team Virus is going to coerce like hell where they can. Air travel, schools, colleges, government institutions. And we'll see how far they try to go after that. Brussels has started vaccinating the homeless and the undocumented as of May 15th through mobile teams and a one-shot jab. Leave no one behind. Sonny Hostin of The View declares, quote, we need to shun those that refuse to get vaccinated. Maybe a star stitched on cloak. Specifically, she said, white evangelicals and, quote, Republicans. My friend Mike Schwartz, golfer in Wisconsin, says, Zabe, COVID's officially over. How do I know? There's waters in the ball cleaners on a golf course. I heard at least 6,000 people got COVID and died from ball cleaners at the golf course. I saw where Costco is still squirting down and surface disinfecting its carts, even though the CDC said recently, stop doing that. It, we, we did the number. It, it doesn't transmit. Stop. Stop. Costco's like, nope, we're still doing it. Why were lockdowns never advised pre-COVID? Partly because they increase expected mortality in an age group that is younger than what the virus hits. You could, the data researchers are now comparing the mortality rate in Sweden from ages 15 to 64. This is the expected mortality. So they factor in how many do people do we expect are going to die, and they've got a formula for that apparently. And they compared that to the expected mortality from ages 15 to 64 in the U.S. And, well, lo and behold, Sweden's excess mortality in the 15 to 64 with no lockdown was below average for 2020. 
except for a tiny spring blip. The U.S., though, saw significant excess mortality, 15 to 64, which, of course, is not what you want to do. Uh, Suicides, overdoses, other things to come from lockdowns. George Carlin, people have sent me this clip over and over. I have not heard the front part of it until just now. George Carlin had a funny riff about the immune system and it needs practice and that's what germs are for. Here's the part I've heard so far. Where's your sense of adventure? Take a fucking chance, will you? You know how many people die in this country from food poisoning every year? 9,000. That's all. It's a minor risk. (laughs) Take a fucking chance, bunch of goddamn pussies. It's from 2011, I think. What do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. So, so listen. So listen. Very funny and scientifically basically correct. Although you don't want your immune system to go play the virus equivalent of the Lakers in a one-and-done situation. Now, that would be a real pandemic, a real virus that is scary as shit. This is not it. But anyway, so... Here's the part, and this is from uh, his stand-up routine. I think it was on some cable network. 2011, I believe, is when it's from. This is the YouTube channel. It says 2011. Who knows if that's when it was or when it was posted. But it's, it's fairly recent. You know, It's not like from 40 years ago. George Carlin had been around before he died forever. And funny as shit, I listened to him growing up as a kid. Slayed me. Slayed everybody. George Carlin, his, his bit was called, You Are All Diseased. And here's what I need to find the front end of this clip. If somebody could find it, I'd really appreciate it. I did a quick look, couldn't find it. Listen to the front part before he gets into, hey, man, your immune system needs practice on other germs. It's just one more way of reducing your liberty and reminding you that they can fuck with you anytime they want, as long as you put up with it, as long as you put up with it, which means, of course, anytime they want. Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's yeah. another. And that's it right there. I mean, <laughs> nails it. Now, here's the thing. George Carlin is a hippie, dippy liberal from the 60s. He is no Republican, but that's how far the Democrat Party has strayed from its original liberty or liberal roots. That George Carlin is saying this. Yeah, now that just shows they can fuck with you at any time they want as long as you put up with it. And my God, in Canada, they are putting up with it. Get this, in Ontario where that fat fuck cocaine addict, uh, Ford, right? Isn't that the guy? They've closed golf courses. And one golf course in particular, I got an email from somebody up there, is facing millions in fines because they are defying the government. Tilsonburg, Ontario Golf Club. The bridges at Tilsonburg remains open, and they're being charged with two counts of failing to comply with the, what is it? Reopening Ontario Act. 
That's the first sign you know you're living in an Orwellian nightmare when the words the government puts out mean exactly the opposite of what is really happening. They've closed Ontario, and yet they say, we're going to fine you because you have uh, failed to comply with the reopening Ontario Act. Unbelievable. Five individuals were charged as well at the golf course for failing to comply. Individuals in breach of Ontario's lockdown could face fines of $750, and the course faces a maximum fine of $10 million if convicted. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? Sadly, I'm not. California, for those asking, the state is planning on extending the COVID-19 emergency declaration until at least the end of 2021. Legislator Kevin Kiley in California tweets, Gavin Newsom says jobs in California won't return to pre-COVID levels until 2025. That's apparently his definition of, quote, roaring back, unquote. And sadly, thanks to the last stimulus bill or, or the COVID relief bill, everyone's bailing California out. Should have been left to go fucking broke. Even Nate Silver gets it. He, a Democrat, He tweets, at least some people say they're continuing extremely cautious behavior even after vaccination until cases fall below a very low threshold. If cases never fall below that threshold, then they don't have an exit strategy. No shit, Nate. Well, you think? Here's the People's Republic of MoCo. Quote, this is a tweet from them. Montgomery County, Maryland. And when I say People's Republic like it's a communist country, I'm not exaggerating. Wealthiest county in Maryland on their side of the river. Fairfax is ours. There was another COVID-19 death reported overnight here in the county. One is too many. We can beat this. Please. One is too many. In a county that has probably a million people. One? How old was this person? We can beat this. Please continue to stay vigilant. Wear a mask, watch your distance, wash your hands, doesn't matter. Get tested, doesn't matter. And get vaccinated. Hashtag go vax moco. Headline, variants going too fast will never reach herd immunity. Oh, ah. yeah. This is just like, as John Ziegler, my friend, points out, this is just like, This is only, all these restrictions are just 15 days to slow the spread. It's just until we make sure our hospitals are not overwhelmed. All these things are just until we get a good vaccine. You know, all this disruption is just until everyone gets that vaccine. You know, this is all just until we reach herd immunity. No, this is all until we get to COVID zero. You know what? This is all until forever. Hashtag, there are no more goalposts to move. Hashtag, suckers. Thank you, John Ziegler. You're totally right. Periodic reminder, says another Twitter account. One, governments can't control a virus. True. No lies detected. Two, your neighbors aren't killing people by living their lives. True. And number three, China is an authoritarian country and should not be a model for Western countries. A ding, a ding, a ding. Dateline fear-mongering anybody. Well, here's old Governor Cuomo of New York. Youthful and the doubtful. And there is an attitude that they'll be fine. Why should they take the vaccine? Maybe you will get 
a long haul syndrome that we're not really sure maybe. what it is yet, but a lingering consequence of COVID. Or maybe you go home and kiss your grandmother and wind up killing your grandmother. <laughs> he actually said it. Killing grandmother. You kissed grandma and you killed her. This is the textbook example of not the public health message that resonates with the public. This doesn't help. This guy is such a moron and a guy who probably should be in jail. A guy who panicked the worst of all the governors, then lied, then covered up the real story going on, is also a sexual predator, it seems, and yet he's still there. He's on the president's governor's task force for coronavirus. And now he's out there saying, you know, you might go home and kiss grandma and kill her. Holy shit. And the sad thing is, there's no way, there's no threat of any Republican ever being governor of New York anytime soon. The good people of the Empire State, they like him enough, he's still in power. They'll probably reelect him, assuming nothing else happens to knock him out between now and then. It's amazing. You have to laugh and shake your head. Otherwise, you'll cry. You'll say, we're fucked. We're doomed. Will Smith shared a photo of his quarantine weight gain. Oh, Will. Will. You look kind of like me, only, only I'm worse than you. And it's been going on long since before quarantine. Anyway, Will Smith vows to get in the best shape of his life for a new YouTube series. So there's that. Good for the Fresh Prince. But there is hope. Hope comes in this form. Here's a tweet. You know the pandemic is over when even the globalists like Goldman Sachs start ordering their workforce back into the office. (laughs) Yes, a recent email apparently to Goldman's workers were like, okay, the vacation is over. Time to get your asses back in our offices because guess what? We have a lease for these offices and we're paying a shit ton of money and we're paying the heat and the electricity and the plumbing and the IT. Fuck, you are going to stay home and do your make good job for Goldman Sachs. You're getting your ass into the office. Oh, and the employees are going to fucking hate it. Welcome back to traffic. Welcome back to dealing with the weather. Welcome back to being away from your family. Some people will say, actually, I'm happy about that. But that's when you know the pandemic is over. When even Goldman Sachs is ordering their workforce back into the office and they put ball, they put water back in the ball washers at the golf courses. Yeah, all right, I, yeah, all right. This press conference is over. No, this Go pandemic's no, no, over. over it's what? over. Lastly, Bill Gates getting divorced. Mazel, mazel. Good. No, you can't say that for that. Anyhow, Babylon B with a great headline showing Melinda Gates with the headline. I have changed my mind and do not want a divorce from this amazingly handsome man, says glossy-eyed Melinda Gates after receiving vaccine. (laughs) Somebody else tweeted, I wonder how much she was bothered by Gates' serious comments about, quote, blocking out the sun with a giant shield to help combat global warming. Very Dr. Evil-ish. Someone else points out, you know, Bill Gates is confirmed to have been on Jeffrey Epstein's Rape Island, not once, but twice. It's not a good look, even if you think, what? I didn't know he was a bad guy back then. Freezing Cold Takes, great account to follow on Twitter. 
Posted this from 2019, quote, happy anniversary at Melinda Gates. I can't wait to spend 25 more years laughing together. (laughs) No, you ain't. $130 billion divorce. $130 billion. Finally, this, a town in Japan, seaside town, raised eyebrows after it used funding from an emergency COVID-19 relief grant to build a giant statue of a squid. How much money? Not much. $220,000. Which in the big scheme of things, okay, you want to build a squid, build a squid. Apparently it's part of a long-term plan to lure tourists back to the area after the pandemic. Ooh, do you want to go see the squid they built in the seaside town of whatever town it was? Oh, let's go. Let's pack up the car. Let's make a day of it. Let's go bring our dollars, bring our yen, and let's sprinkle it around. Yay! Economic activity. Good to see wasteful spending is not just an American thing. It happens elsewhere. Okay, that's enough for me. I've babbled on long enough. You got what you wanted or maybe not what you did, but who cares? If you don't like it, as always, just delete, move on. Lots of podcasts out there. I can't hit home runs every day. Can't even hit singles every day. I give you what I can, when I can, with my full passion and enthusiasm, and it's not going to appeal all the time. And that's fine. I, I don't mind. I'm the same way. What do you, you think I'm any different than you? You think when I listen to things, I'm like, nah, I'm skipping that episode. Ooh, I like that one as well. Do rate and review if you have two seconds. I really appreciate it. It helps with the algorithmic overlords. And if you want to subscribe and get tomorrow's VanCast with Scott and Solly, well, you're going to have to subscribe. An absolutely usurious $5 a month I'm going to charge you for the right for that one extra podcast per week. That's four podcasts per month per month. But if you buy a whole year at a time, you get 11 months. You get 12 months for the price of 11. So. So you got that going for you, which is nice. Go to zabe.com slash premium and find out how. And if you have any troubles, let me know. I'll just you know, send me your bank account, and I'll take the money out, and I'll leave the rest. I promise. I swear. I would never do you wrong. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny-come-latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, 
you get paid with mybookie.ag.